Jones, 30, 35, 40, he's in midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Stasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me Your News Network, and this is the sixth episode of the podcast on October 4th, 2012. Oh my, a lot has happened. I have changed locations, changed uh, podcasting setups, mm-hmm. and we also have a big plumbing issue in our new house at the moment, so... I'm stealing time away from that, so hopefully there won't be any interruptions, but no promises. How is your world going, Joel? Uh, it's going all right. I um, I just like gotten. I hate it when like you know, you know, students. We tend to be like last minute with a lot of our things, but it kind of stinks when professors are. Mm. And um, like I just got an email that was like, "Oh, well, make sure you send in that research proposal tonight before class in the morning." And Ew. it was like not twenty minutes ago that he sent that to us. So it was like, "Oh crap!" Wow, <laughs> get that together. Well, at least you got that done, though. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk some sports. We get into the red zone first, where we talk about the three biggest sports stories from the week. And I, I have a feeling that this twenty-yard line story is uh, important to you here. Yeah, like, I, I just thought that we should mention it. Um, this past week, um, Geno Smith, uh, WVU's quarterback, I mean, he just played about as perfect as you can for a quarterback. Um, he, I mean, the amount of passes he completed was something that you don't really see ever anywhere. I mean, even in, like, high school and stuff. Um, I, I mentioned... Um, Last year, I think it, um, a lot of the pro days for the quarterbacks that, you know, are looking into going into the NFL, um, even Andrew Luck didn't complete that many passes, um, against air at his pro day. So, I mean, I think it's kind of crazy. Um, you know, the numbers, you know, kind of speak for themselves and, you know, a lot of people want to say, you know, it's. It was against Baylor, and their defense was just out of position and looked terrible all day. But still, I mean, you know, (laughs) that's 656 yards passing, eight touchdowns. And the thing is, like, a lot of people like to say, you know, when you're looking at Heisman contenders, they like to have those kind of moments, those Heisman moments and stuff. Well, we needed every last touchdown in that game because... We couldn't stop Baylor at all. Hmm. I mean, I think the, you know, the 656 and the eight touchdowns, like that's fine and all. I'm more impressed by the 45 for 51. Yeah. You know, that's 88.2 percent completion rate. Uh, that's pretty incredible. He still doesn't have an interception on the year. Yeah. And no. you're right. I mean, Baylor put up a chunk of yards as well. I mean, their quarterback had 581 throwing yards, five touchdowns, yeah. and an interception. And it's almost like that turnover is what West Virginia needed. He he um when he was being interviewed after the game, he said it was like an old fashioned Texas shootout. Hmm. I mean that pretty much was. I I've seen lots and lots of football and um I know that one of the state championships that my high school was in, they they lost like seventy to like I don't know, fifty six or something like that and that that quarterback in that game still holds the national record for touchdown passes that beat us he threw 10 touchdown passes um and you know i guess it says something when like you get 63 points scored on you and you still win the game Mm -hmm. um i i can't remember i think the over under was at 80 so they definitely blew that out of the water right maybe Um, almost in the first half yeah it it was uh tied at 35 at halftime and so i mean it was just the game was extremely long because of how many passes were thrown and um big plays um it just um it kept going and going like 
my my I stood like the entire game and I you know I've never like my feet have never been that sore after a game. It certainly was one of the longest games that I've ever been to. Mm. And um just real quick a uh, look at his stats for the year. Um that's uh 1,826 yards passing, 83.4 completion percentage, and 20 touchdowns and zero, and zero interceptions. So if you look at those numbers and compare them to RG3's numbers last year, they're actually better. Hmm. Um, and I think he had a loss by this time last year. So the, um, I, 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 wanted, I wanted to talk about this a little bit, and I and I'd listened to a lot of the, um, you know, the radio shows just like trying to get like what people think like what a lot of the experts think and you know as far as the draft draft experts um go there are some people that are actually moving him up to the number one quarterback spot which is crazy to think because you know uh everyone thought that was a lock pretty Mm -hmm. much for the beginning of the year but considering how oklahoma's quarterback has performed um so far this year. Well, what's the and, number one quarterback spot, Matt Barkley from USC? Yeah, I know, but I'm pretty sure that he was like number two. Uh. Like, I mean, even Matt Barkley too. It just, um, I think people are impressed because it wasn't one of those games where he was just dinking and dunking it, throwing screen passes. I mean, he was throwing deep post routes, and they were right on the money. I mean, even into double coverage. Um. He can make pretty much every single throw. I don't think he has as much maybe velocity on his passes as Robert Griffin, but um, he pretty much, I mean, is accurate as I'd seen I've seen play in a long time, at least for college. Um, so it's he even actually he checked to a play that wasn't even in the game plan last week because he noticed a tendency on the defense, and it ended up being one of his eight touchdown passes. Huh. Uh, looks like a school record of 807 yards. Yeah, that's, we that's were able to insane. run the ball a little bit. We we kept them honest because what they they just started putting everybody back. Mm-hmm. Um, which I would not recommend doing. I would not sit back in coverage and rush three because he'll just pick you apart. You can't yep. just play zone. I mean, you've got to if you're gonna do zone, you've got to have blitzes. You've got to ha- have exotic blitzes. Which will be interesting when we look at you know this week's game against Texas. I know that they have a good front four. Those two ends are as good as there are in the country. But they've got to get to him. I mean, they really got to get to him because if they don't get to him, and even if they do blitz, they've got to get to him quick because Tavon Austin breaks a tackle and it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Well, let's make the play here. Does Geno Smith win the Heisman this year? You know. He has such a early lead. That's the thing. He had a pretty much perfect September. Um, that as long as they don't lose, you know, I really don't see them losing more than three games, even if there are some injuries to maybe a wide receiver or something like that. Because, um, you know, you saw what Robert Griffin did last year and even what Tim Tebow did when he didn't have such a good team. You know, he still won it. Um because there's something to be said for just ridiculous stats. I mean, crazy stats. This is like playing a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's clearly the front runner right now. The schedule's going to get extremely difficult. We've got like five ranked teams in a row. Um, but I, I honestly like. I mean, he's probably the best quarterback we've ever had at our school. Um. So I mean I might I think I'm gonna go ahead and pick him just because he he's so, like you know we're already third of the way into the year and he's so far ahead of everybody else there really aren't that many other front runners you can look at um, you know the player at Oregon but he just he isn't having a lot of statistics his way because there's so many weapons on that team mm-hmm. um, so they don't really have to run the offense through him I would look more at like their running back maybe. Um, I know that there's some defensive players that have been playing really well that people are talking about, but let's be honest, that's not going to happen. Um, hasn't happened in a long time. So um, Charles Woodson, yeah. Michigan, 1997. But, I mean, that, you know, he, he did other things besides just that. 
So, right, right. Um, I don't see any linebackers returning kickoffs. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, there maybe if you look at if, if Georgia continues to win um, and they put up numbers um, because their offense looks really great, um, it's just there really aren't that many people that are standing out right now, and he clearly is. Everybody's attention is focused on him. Everyone's going to be watching his games. And the one last point I'll make is that if you look at, look at, we're in a really u- unique situation where we're near the East Coast. Okay, so people know about him because of that. But most of our games are going to be aired in the West and across the country. Mm-hmm. So because of that and because of it being our inaugural season in the Big 12, I think everything kind of sets up perfectly. Everybody's going to be impressed that he came into the season, you know, the first season there and played really well. So I think I think everything's kind of just like working, even if it's not, let's, even if they don't win all their games, even if it's not, you know, trying to get the national championship. If they, if they win the conference, I mean, you've got to look at him. So... Sure, sure. Uh, I'll play devil's advocate, and I'll say E.J. Manuel from Florida State. Uh, I think if you have them as a national championship contender, yeah, uh, you have to look at that dual threat quarterback there, and he's probably he's, you know right there, you know, in the second slot. Granted, Geno Smith does have an early lead, but it is a long season, and it's only you know, you know, first month has just ended, so we'll see. And you know, the thing for him is that it's looking, it's looking like. They they want Miami to keep playing well because that'll set up a big game for them and mm-hmm. you know they they honestly, they want Florida to win because they will set up another one so they, he's got to have big games the problem the problem is he's just lacking those he needs those so he needs those teams to keep winning so that he can have big performances against them. Fair enough. Uh, the ten yard story here second story this week is we had our podcast last week on Wednesday night. We had to bump it up a little bit because of my move and everything. And the funny thing happened overnight. We had talked about, oh, you know, the all those replacement referees, they made a terrible call in the Monday night football game, Seattle and Green Bay. Well, sure enough, overnight, Wednesday into Thursday, it was announced that the NFL referees would return, and they did so in time for the Thursday night game uh, with the Browns and the Ravens. So now they're back. Uh, you know, there were a couple... If he calls, and you know, but you know, they were received with a standing ovation and everything. Um, but it is really good to see them back, these real officials. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I thought it was just really hilarious because I saw a tweet like really early in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, seriously?" <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know, I was happy, and it, it, I don't know, I, the, I, I thought the tweets were really funny too. Um, you know, it would be nice to see, uh, Roger Goodell, um, you know, not being yelled at all the time. (laughs) And, um, no, it's, it's great. Um, and you know, I think that there'll be an adjustment period just because usually by this time they've gotten through all their preseason games and, you know, they're well adjusted and everything. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward, like how, um, because because you know because there was a game that was um, kind of determined by that and it was scrutinized a lot, I I honestly wonder if they'll take a lot more time with their decisions when they make calls, um, especially when it comes closer to the end of the game. And you know they they review almost anything now. That's true, I, and it helps when they know the rules. Oh, I mean, that yeah. was part of the issue, the big issue with these replacement officials that some of them were going by college rules because that was all they had done in, you know, Division three. Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, they were looked at like a lot of people like I think like take them for granted and they're kind of looked at as like a commodity um, because, I mean, these are pretty much the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- these guys, I mean, they've been doing it for such a long time that it's it's its own organization and they, you know, they get training year round and all this stuff. So it, it'll just be interesting to see going forward, like um, each year, 
because it, it, you know each year there's always a problem with specific teams and stuff but it'll be it'll be interesting in the players association there's always something that they're they're you know they're griping in the NFL about so it'll be interesting to see if each year maybe they ask for more money or whatever like that because they're obviously really needed mm-hmm. I mean the NFL needs them so now that they know that they're needed you know they might start asking for something more or I think it'll just be interesting to see if going forward they um, maybe try and train more referees or something so that there's you know more of them and if there ever is a labor dispute then it won't be as bad i mean that's possible it's an eight-year deal their salary goes up over time uh right now it was about an average of one hundred forty-nine thousand in 2011 Mm-hmm. It'll jump to 173 in 2013, and by 2019, you're up to 20, uh, 205,000. So they get paid pretty nicely, especially considering it's a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really good to have them back. So we'll make the play here. Do we see another game-changing bad call again this year? I don't think we do. Um, granted, you know, some bad calls may happen during the course of the game. But I don't think you can necessarily argue at that point that you know they'll, they really affect the turnout of the game because so many plays will happen after that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'll see anything to the effect of what happened on Monday night between the Seahawks and Packers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, these officials know their rules. They do have replay. Um, and that, that play really happened because of the... You know the discrepancy between the two officials that were standing right there for whatever reason, uh, and that they didn't know how to call it. Um, mm. So I don't think my answer is no that we don't have a game-changing bad call again like that one. Yeah, I mean, like I I hope not. Nobody wants to see that happen, and um, I think it's a question of like, you know, whether it's going to be. It, obviously, stuff like that's going to happen, but I don't know if it's going to be so blatant, if it's going to be so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, because, everybody, you know, people are humans, and, like, you know, they sometimes just miss something. I mean, that's why I think replay is great in a way. I know a lot of people are kind of, you know, they get really mad when, like, everything starts being reviewed and the game starts taking a really long time. But when it comes down to, like, point where it's almost going to the side of the game i think people can understand that like why they're sitting there why they're taking so long to look at over it mm-hmm. um and i you know the thing is you, like you said they know the rules and um so that won't be a problem at all and i um you know i think that there'll still be calls at the side games because there are every single year there i mean that happens all the time. Um, but I don't think it'll be bad and um, really a disgrace like it was, um, you know, this past week. So um, I, I'm i going to say no. Mm-hmm. So. Five-year line story this week is the Major League Baseball playoffs are set. We are in the downtime before the wild card games start tomorrow. Uh, before we get into the playoffs, so we have to make a few observations. First, Miguel Cabrera did win the yeah. Triple Crown. So you did get that prediction right from last week, and I got it wrong. But I'm, well, I can I'm, understand why you didn't pick it. You probably didn't want to jinx it. I'm, I'm okay with getting it wrong. <laughs> but let's say that. you know, The first time since 1967, and you're going to hear oh, yeah, it was water really, pipes running. Because... It was really exciting. Like, I was just like flipping through the channels, and I, like, landed right on ESPN as they were, like, just starting, to, like, it was breaking news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went, you know, 0 for 2, and then they kind of figured with how Trout was doing, just, you know, sit him, keep him at 330 for the average. Curtis Granderson was uh, three home runs down. Like, he yeah. had 41 coming in the last game, and Cabrera had 44. You know, Hamilton was, was one down, and he didn't get yeah. anything, but... Granderson hit two home runs to get within one of tying, and granted, a tie would have still, you know, given Cabrera the uh, the triple crown. But then uh, Granderson, you know, sat for the rest of the game after that. So maybe it was like out of respect for a former, you know, teammate or 
his former team. I don't know, interesting to consider. Um, so that happened. Texas Rangers were in the lead for their division in the AL West from the second game of the season all the way to the second to last game in the season. Mm-hmm. And in that game, Oakland tied them up. Texas was up about 5-1 to one in the sixth. And then Oakland Storms back wins 12 to 5, takes the AL West yep. and the second seed. Pretty incredible there. Yeah. I, I was surprised. And um, uh, um, like another note on the on Miguel's story is that I heard that like a lot of his teammates were watching watching Hamilton like <laughs> like and, and screaming and stuff at the television. It's <laughs> mm, funny. Um Let's see. So let's get to, if we make the play, we have to break down the bracket and who wins each series. So we're going to go and get to our, our World Series predictions before the baseball playoffs actually start. And unfortunately, the Dodgers did not make the NL playoffs like we may have predicted, like one of our first episodes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how we tend to be wrong. Anyway, American League. You have the Yankees in the first seed winning the East. Oakland in the second winning the West. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Came back from... They were down a long time. Chicago White Sox crashed and burned hard. Hard. Uh, So Detroit ended up winning by a couple games for the Central so they get third seed. Baltimore goes to Texas tomorrow night on Friday to play the wild card game. So let's first pick the winner of that. Baltimore versus Texas. Who do you think takes that one? Uh, I got the Rangers. Rangers. Interesting. Um, you know, Baltimore kind of struggled a little bit down the stretch, but they are remarkable in one-run games mm-hmm. this year. And I think it might be a little deflating for Texas to have that slip the way they did. I'm going to think that Baltimore wins that game surprisingly on the road. It'll be a close one. Mm-hmm. And they've won about like 14, 16, whatever, straight extra inning games. So yeah. if it comes to that, watch out. They've got a nice bullpen over there in Baltimore. Um, I, I'm just I the other reason I'm doing it is I gotta like pick it for the for the spinjas and stuff because we got a lot of Texas people. We do have a lot of Texas like, be mad people, at me, but I don't know. Some of them make a point for the Astros, although that's a bit of a <laughs> a wash right now. So then the wild card winner goes and plays the New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. Um. I think the Yankees beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be interesting to see the head-to-head of the East teams, but uh, the Yankees are you know, they're coming back healthy, and they've got a scary lineup right now. So I don't think you can really mess with that. What, yours is interesting, though. If, if Texas goes and plays yeah. New York, what about that? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I know. I, you, you're going to think I'm crazy. <laughs> I have the Rangers. They've been in the World Series. They've taken the last two AL pennants. It's not too yeah. crazy. Well, like I don't, I just like them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I like the matchups. I think maybe that's what it is. I yeah, I mean, each of these teams are flawed in some way. So, mm-hmm. yeah, think about it. Oakland and Detroit. Uh, give me the Tigers. I think the Tigers got lucky in this draw here uh, for Oakland to win that division. Uh, Detroit's pitching has been pretty outstanding this year. It's you know their offense has surprisingly been struggling, and then the defense is iffy but i think this is a year where it starts to come together for the tigers it's it's it only figures for baseball that a team can be so inconsistent in the regular season and baseball logic would dictate that things go crazy in october Mm -hmm. Uh, i've got the tigers beating the oakland athletics who are inexperienced and are starting a lot of rookies and they have a terrible playoff song if you ever hear it it's it's bad (laughs) <laughs> um no i got i got detroit too mm-hmm. excellent excellent um gosh yankees and tigers uh, give me the tigers in the world series yeah they kind of have to at this point when you spend so much money on prince fielder and you have cabrera who's your triple crown winner it would just be sad you have you know, Justin Verlander winning the MVP as a pitcher last year, and then Miguel Cabrera as a triple crown. And if you just, you know, only get to the ALCS both years and that's it, mm-hmm. would be disappointing. Yeah, um, it would. I, 
Detroit found a way to beat the Yankees last year. I think they find a way and get to the World Series this year. You have Detroit and Texas. Yeah, I yeah I think they I think they can beat the Rangers. Um, and like you said, I think uh, I think they got to get there this year. Um, they they made the moves to get there, and um, I think they're going to. That is surely not a good sign if we both think the Tigers <laughs> are going to represent the American League. Let's get to the National League. You first have Washington. The Washington Nationals, their first division title yep. in the East at the, at the one seed. Cincinnati in the Central as two. San Francisco in the three in the West. And then in your wild card, you have the St. Louis Cardinals and Atlanta Braves. And mm-hmm. I'll take the Cardinals in this one. Uh, you have, you know, the pitching is starting to come together. Carpenter's back. Uh, and you have a team who won it all last year against all odds. Mm-hmm. So give me the Cardinals over the Braves. I've actually got Atlanta. Um, I just, um, I I think that they can get past the Cardinals. I, I don't know. You, you know, they did. The Cardinals did win last year, but um, I don't know. I just don't like their team this year a lot. Um, I know you know they you know they just they got in there. They got into the playoffs, but I think they're gonna have an early exit. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. Those teams would play Washington in the first or the uh, the division series. Mm-hmm. Gosh, the Nationals versus the Cardinals. Uh, the Nationals, I think they're they're doing something right when you get you know one of the best records in the league. Uh, you have you know pitching that's starting to do well, and they are I think they're going to hum along pretty well, uh, and they'll beat the Cardinals. Let's see. I you have them against the Braves. Yes. Um... Let's see who did I pick here? Um, mm, 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 mm. I let's see. Shoot. Um, the Nationals. Nationals, all right. Yeah, I do believe so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> good, good reasoning. <laughs> People were waiting. Um, it's just like, oh, they, you know, they had the best record. You know. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati and San Francisco. Who do you think here? Mm, let's see. Uh, I have the Reds. Reds. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Giants. Mm-hmm. I think you know you have strong pitching here as well. Uh, Buster Posey's playing very well. You know, one of the possible MVP candidates in the National League. Um. And, you know, this team has, you know, some playoff experience where I don't think Cincinnati really has that on their side. So I have Washington and San Francisco Giants, and I said that Washington would get to the World Series earlier in this uh, this podcast, and I will stick by that pick. I think the Nationals play the Tigers in the World Series. Hmm. Okay, well... I kind of had a hard time picking this because, um, you know, the Nationals obviously had the best record, um, but I, I don't. I just kind of, I just have this strange feeling about the Reds this year, um, and I think that I think I honestly just for some reason think Nationals will play well all the way up until this series. Hmm. And then for some reason they'll just lay an egg, um, opening the door for the Reds to maybe it might not even be the most impressive series. It might be just kind of a sloppy series. Um, but even if they could just back their way into the World Series, I'm sure they'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, for me, for the Tigers and Nationals. Call me a homer, but give me the Tigers winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. I think it all comes down to pitching um, in the World Series and in the playoffs, really. Uh, when you have a rotation of Verlander, Fister, Scherzer, and uh, then you have Anibal Sanchez, if you want to go four or you just want to stick to those three in the rotation, I think that's about as strong as a rotation as you're going to get uh, in this field. And you know, pitching is critical. In the playoffs, so 
Plus, when you have, you know, Cabrera and Fielder, you know, amongst all the other possible offensive weapons that the Tigers have, I like this team this year. Baseball is weird. This team has been maddening all season, but yeah, it would only fit the baseball logic for them to win it all. So I've got the Tigers. Homer. Well, yeah, that's okay. Um, so I've got the Tigers and the Reds. Um, I mean, what's that like? How far back do you have to go to see something like that? I mean, like twenties, thirties. Pretty far. Um, so I, you know, I mean, when you have like those two teams, I think that just, I think that'd just be exciting for our fans of baseball to have those two teams in the, the series, just because it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, you know, obviously, you know, you give the edge in, let's say pitching to the Reds, but you give the edge in just offense to the Tigers. You know their hitting is a lot better, um, and I, I like honestly think that this could go seven, um, which would be awesome, be like really exciting. And um, like you said, like uh, like you said, Detroit made the moves. As you, I like, I really like them, um, and I think that if this doesn't jinx it, I don't know what will. Um, <laughs> I see. I see them winning the World Series. Well, pack it in, folks. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Okay. Well, with that out of the way, we're about a half hour in the show. Let's get to the replay and get through these really quickly here. Uh, college football week five. We had Baylor at West Virginia minus thirteen, and West Virginia won seventy to sixty-three on those big offensive games. Yeah, you we gave up. That. You, said, you texted me and said like. Hey, did you see Geno Smith? And, you know, I, I moved. I didn't have, you know, cable or internet yet. So I'm going based off my phone. I'm like, you mean how West Virginia did not cover after all that superhero effort? So. Yeah, we gave up a touchdown with like three minutes left. Um, and if we would have, I don't know, gotten an interception or something, we would have covered. So um, even with all the points we've given up. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, I mean, if you like. You like miss tackling that game. Was, <laughs> I mean, uh, there that's was, like saying if you like bad football. Yeah, well, you know, I honestly don't think it was necessarily bad football because it was just something new that I haven't seen. Um, I I really didn't understand what Baylor was trying to do defensively, though. Um, I, like I honestly think they have some good defensive players. They just didn't put them in the right pos- position. Um, on the other side of the things, we put our you know, our corners and safeties in the right position, they just didn't know what to do when they were there. Um, because we have two really good safeties. It's just our corners play so far off the wide receivers. And I mean, you know, the Williams kid, he is going to, he's going to be first round draft pick. There's no doubt. He's clearly probably the best overall wide receiver there is in the country. Um, and he proved it. He had over 300 yards receiving, 17 catches that's just insane um and uh you know i think we had like a half the time i had you know he'd get matched up with like our freshman safety so you know it just wasn't really fair there but um you know i think our front seven played fine i I think we got like three sacks and um you know their quarterback's pretty mobile um i wish it would have forced him to run more though um, there was one play at the end of half where I swear, even after they reviewed it, I thought they got it wrong. He, uh, you know, they tossed, I, I thought that it was, uh, I thought he crossed the line of scrimmage before he passed the ball because they scored a touchdown with like 30 seconds left and I could have, like they went and reviewed it and they said it was good and I just don't, didn't understand. But yeah, I mean, you know, it was a crazy wild game and if you like, Lots of big plays. They were all over the place. Um, it's fun to watch, but it was kind of, you know, sickening to watch your defense get burned that much. So, mm-hmm. um, but at least we won. That's all that matters. Right. And Baylor took that one in terms of the picks. Yep. Uh, Ohio State at Michigan State minus two and a half. OSU pulled it out, seventeen yeah, to sixteen. So that gives them that pick victory. Um, 
I what could I say? I think Michigan State is, you know, right now being a little all talk on the defense. Like they had a, a mean streak to them last year. And, you know, no one really trusts each other on offense. You have to give it to Le'Veon Bell and you know, Ohio State has a good defensive front, so yeah, if you can stop him, what can they do? Like I, and I said, I said before the game, I thought that you know Ohio State's quarterback would take a little bit of a step back. He really, I mean, I mean, he ran the ball well, but that's really all he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all he really had to do in this game because they made Michigan State, the you know, one dimensional, which is pretty much what they are, and just stopped the run, and it was over. Yeah, Maxwell's been playing with a lot of confidence. Their wide receiver core is pretty weak. And then the defense isn't being all it's you know, cracked up to be. But then again, it's, it's a bad Big Ten, so there you go. Yep. Tennessee at Georgia, minus 13. Georgia blew Oof. the cover late. 51-44, teams play defense, don't they? They sure do. <laughs> wow. But, you know, Georgia has the offense to, you know, you know give them the win, 51-44. I mean... You know, if you look at what they have right now, I mean, it almost looks like uh, what Alabama had a few years ago with those two running backs. Those two, and those kids are freshmen, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yep. They look great. I mean, I that might be a. I think that that might be one of the determining factors in their big game this week. And they get all their defensive players um, back that were suspended. Mm-hmm. So. Very very true. Watch out. Texas at Oklahoma State plus two and a half. Texas wins 41-36 on kind of a controversial last play. And there was a little bit more to that afterwards. They said that um, one of the the writers for the Oklahoman said um, that one of the officials apologized to Mike Gundy after the game. And then the Big 12 came out and said, that didn't happen. What are you talking about? Um, Because, you know, obviously something like that wouldn't. That never referees don't come and apologize. No, like, no, they just, don't. I think that was just the the media trying to stir things a little bit. But you, they, I mean, really, there there was a fumble at the end of that game. We all saw it. It's just um, they're so quick to to make calls. I mean, when there's a touchdown on the line, that it's it's going to happen. But you know, uh, that game showed a lot. It showed that Texas doesn't have Alabama's defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have ta- they have plenty of tackling issues. Um, and I mean, what Oklahoma State's running back? I mean, you gotta start talking about this kid. He looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, is uh, if they keep if they can somehow find a way. I just uh, I don't I don't really see them winning nearly enough games. But if they can somehow find a way to keep winning, you've got to start saying that he might be the best running back out there right now because nobody nobody else is stepping up. Possibly. Uh, Wisconsin at Nebraska, minus 11.5. Cornhuskers, 30-27. to 27. Now, Wisconsin was up 17 to nothing early. And uh, Nebraska storms back, but, you know, with an 11.5 point spread that Nebraska doesn't cover, that gives Wisconsin a win there. Uh, as that comeback was happening, you could just feel every, you know... Wisconsin fan banging their head against the wall. Mm, yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is not what they expected at the beginning of the season. Mm-mm. I mean, it's just all kind of falling apart there. A bit rough, yeah. Uh, Oregon State at Arizona minus 2.5. Oregon State 38-35. That's another big win for Mike Riley and his team. Yeah. Um, you know, like I... Like I said last week, I, I like what they're doing this year. And um, it might not be so bad that you might play them in the future because I think that he really will turn that program around. Mm, definitely. And then uh, extra point for us was Clemson at Boston College, plus 9.5. Clemson made it close, but they did cover 45-31. So that was that, you know, really easy there. Uh, I went five and two, which was a relief after the one and six previous week, mm-hmm. and you bumped up from three and four to four and three. So mm-hmm. it's good to have winning weeks there. Yeah. Uh, in the NFL for week four, Minnesota at Detroit minus five and a half. Detroit gave up a kick return and a <sighs> punt return for the second straight week. Awful to hear on the radio. I assure you, Minnesota wins twenty to thirteen. 
Otherwise, you know, the Lions defense gave up six points, and their offense is struggling a little bit. They're just playing a little too conservative, I think. I Yeah, but, I, you know, I think Minnesota might be a little bit better than everyone thinks. I mean, obviously, everyone was impressed with what they did this past week, you know, against uh, the Niners. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that it's, you know, the fact that the game was that close, I mean, I, I really do think Minnesota's actually pretty good this year. Oh, so, geez. The Detroit, Niners, yeah. I was like, the Niners <laughs> got pissed against Jets, 34 nothing. Yeah. Goodness. Like, their defense scored so many fantasy points. Anyway, you were talking about Detroit. No, yeah. Um, I think that they I think they're, they just need to put together a solid game all around. It seems like every week something fails them if it's defense and special teams. Well, they have a bye this week, so they got to figure it out then. Uh, Seattle at St. Louis plus one. St. Louis takes it twenty or nineteen to thirteen. Mm-hmm. There are some quarterback concerns in Seattle right now, but St. Yeah. St. Louis is a decent team. Um, and and you know, depending on uh, Seattle, you might see Seattle trade up in the draft. Mm-hmm. I already can see it happening right now. Um, so they they might be looking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miami at Arizona minus six. Arizona did not cover. They won twenty four to twenty one, but I mean they're going right now against St. Louis in the Thursday night football game. They're down ten three at half. Could that unbeaten fall? But you know, they did get that game. Uh Miami is struggling. Yeah, Miami is not very good. <laughs> I mean, they're on hard knocks and everything and not that good. Uh, New Orleans at Green Bay minus nine. Green Bay twenty-eight to twenty-seven. So that gives <laughs> New Orleans the pick win. Yeah, that was um, it was a good game. There was another questionable call, I think, at the end, from what I heard, with Marcus Colston doing some offensive pass interference there that wasn't called. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the you know the first week back for the real referees, but fortunately, didn't you know cost Green Bay another loss? Yeah. And then, I think they're just happy to get the win. That's true. Giants at Philadelphia, uh, minus one. Philly pulls it out by two, 19-17. They are playing like really inconsistently quality-wise, <laughs> but you know whatever gets the win in the NFL. I don't even know what to do with them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is true. It, We've it got them in another game like, this week, so we'll have to see. Yeah, it just seems like... Um, yeah. When you're like I, you, I'm like I'm totally ready to just like write them off, but then you, you go and you beat someone in your division. Mm-hmm. Um, That's critical. I don't know. They just they need to hold on to the football. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just stop turning the ball over. Mm-hmm. Chicago at Dallas was the Monday night game minus three and a half. Tony Romo throws five interceptions. And Chicago wins thirty-four to eighteen. Uh. <laughs> Overall, it was a rough week for each of us. Yeah. Uh, as far as the NFL predictions, I think I went two and four, and you, sir, Joel, put mm. up the offer. Yeah, I did. O oh, and six. I think we had Sword Hunter do an O for seven. Last week in his uh, his NCAA predictions, but that's tough to do. Yeah, it's just there were so many close games. Like I, all those games, except one of them, were extremely close. Mm-hmm. And that's what kills you. I mean, when you have like these certain spreads, it just yeah. Well, oh. you you are leading me by one game in the NCAA football standings. I'm 15 and 20. You are 16 and 19. Mm-hmm. But then. I am leading you by one game in the NFL at and at eleven thirteen. You are at ten and fourteen. So playing it pretty closely there. But then again, when a lot of our picks end up being the same, yeah, we're going to be playing it pretty close to the chest. Uh, Major Moses is leading the NCAA football standings at eighteen and ten, while percentage-wise, Solitude Slicer is at five hundred, at nine and nine in the NFL. Not yeah, bad I, I was, at all. I was trying to talk to Otaku the other week about, I guess, Edmonton played Calgary. Mm-hmm. And um, I was trying to like ask him about the game, if there was somewhere I could watch it. 
just says I I'm I'm trying to think of like ever watched Canadian football. It's yeah. different, but it pretty similar. Well, like 110 yards and the field's wider and all that stuff. But let's get to this week's pick. Uh, these these picks we are kind of running out of time on the show, so we gotta go through these here. College football week six. Uh, I think this is the last week that we'll probably take for people to join and and start because once it gets to that point, we're almost halfway through the season here. Mm-hmm. So Virginia Tech at North, uh, excuse me, not South Carolina. Virginia Tech at North Carolina minus four and a half is at twelve thirty p.m. Eastern on Saturday. I'm gonna go with North Carolina because Tech is kind of hurting right now. Um, we've gotten beat by two Big East teams. Yeah. Right? And I mean, they last week that's got to be demoralizing the way to, that they lost that game last week. They they fight their way back and then just the Cincinnati quarterback just chucks the ball up and it's a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's okay, Frank Beamer. I'm not giving up on you yet. I think they can at least make it a field goal, if not pull the upset. Mm-hmm. Give me Virginia Tech for that pick. LS, these are big games here. Like that, yeah. that first one, like here, I, had to pick, I had to pick an early game, but so many ranked matchups this week is crazy. So, let's so get much better than last week. No kidding. Just, oh. LSU at Florida, plus two and a half at 330. I have the Gators. Yeah. Uh, LSU has struggled at the beginning of their past couple games. Uh, their first halves have not been kind to them. And I think with Florida, you are running into a hot team right now. In the Swamp, really tough place to play. Now, granted, both locales would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Florida has momentum going into this game. Against Towson last week, LSU was struggling at the beginning. And you can't get off to a slow start against Gators. So, give me Florida. Yeah. Um, if, if, if LSU cannot run the ball, they do not even have a chance. Um because that is their offense right now. That is really all that they can seem to do. Um, you know, their quarterback is young. He's still learning the offense. But, he, I mean, he can throw the ball. They just seem to the, – the play calling does not allow him to do that. Um, they can't get the ball. I mean, even if it's just play action, they they run the ball so much. And so, I, you know, I think the Gators are going to load the box. And if they stop the run, this might get ugly. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you know, Florida's – Florida's front seven is talented. There's a lot of talent there. I think that they can certainly, even if they even if they don't stack the box, I think that LSU's going to have a hard time running the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and LSU just look does not look motivated right now. Like, I know that they'll probably get up a lot more for this game because it's against Florida, but still, they just have not looked like the team. A lot of people were saying, you know, basing their ranking and everything off of last year, they're just not even close to the same team. Yeah. Um, they they do not, you know, they let teams stay in games. And, um, I mean, Auburn should have beat them earlier in the year. That should have already happened. But um, I, I think I think Florida's going to come out and, I mean, they might even, might not even be close. If, mm-hmm. if LSU does not motivate themselves and play well, this game could get ugly. And might prove that LSU is certainly not top five team. Right. So Georgia at South Carolina. It's an even line. So it's a pick 'em here. Direct pick 'em. Saturday, seven p.m. Eastern. Who do you have? This is another really good game. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, and it, it kind of stinks because it's the same time as my game. But uh, I've got Georgia and. Really, the reason I've got Georgia is just because that running game looked so good last week. And, um, you know, I already thought their offense was pretty good as it was. But if they can run the ball, that opens up so much more. Um, And I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on South Carolina's defensive line, which is a really great defensive line. But if they can run the ball right at them, I think that... um, I think they're going to have the advantage there. So I'm going to take Georgia just because I think their offense is a lot better than South Carolina's. Um, I think South Carolina's a better defense, and Georgia's defense looked questionable last week. But um, 
I just think they have too much offense. What you said, plus I'm picking Georgia to win the SEC East and the SEC. Mm-hmm. And you got to start winning SEC East games sometimes, yeah. so give me the Bulldogs. Your game here, West Virginia at Texas. Uh, minus 7, also at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I have the Mountaineers. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's, it's a close one, but I think yeah. if you have the offense doing as well as it as it, as it does right now, um, and you know Texas is going to want to run the ball. If you can stop the run, I think you can at least uh, you know make Texas not cover that seven point spread. If not, go for the win uh, there. So give me West Virginia. Yeah. Um... Both teams, well, starters at the beginning of the year at running back are out. I just learned tonight that um, Sean Alston isn't going to make the trip. Mm. So I guess he's still healing from that deep thigh bruise. And um, Texas, their really good running back, Brown, is he's out for the game. They, they announced that earlier this week. So, the, you know, both teams have other capable running backs. Um you know, that's one of the main things that's helped Texas this year is that they've had a stable of running backs that can carry the load. Um, and, you know, if a lot, I think what they're going to do is they're going to watch a lot of Maryland film and they're going to try and, you know, run the ball a lot, keep keep the hands of our offense, which is a good idea. Um, the thing is, our run defense is much better than our pass defense. Um, our front seven, I think, is... I think it might be more athletic than it was last year. Um but it's just, it's our secondary where we're having troubles tackling and we're just out of position. And, you know, their quarterback has looked a lot better. He pretty much helped them win the game last week. But uh, I I think, I, the problem is, I think this is still going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Because I saw, I watched their game last night, or last week, and I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that our offense is better than Oklahoma State's. Um we might might not run the ball as well or as much, but um, you know we're the one, one, number one passing offense in the country, and um, I think that Texas is going to have to bring all kinds of different blitz packages and stuff. I I still I think uh, I think our offensive line is good. Like I actually think that it would do well. I mean we did well against LSU last year, and I I think that our offensive line is better than it was last year. So. Um, as long as we can give Geno Smith a little bit of time, I think he's just going to pick the defense part. So uh, I, I've got us, I think, uh, especially considering that we're underdogs, I think that we'll cover that easily, if, mm-hmm. especially if we're going to win the game. So I got us. All right. Nebraska at Ohio State, minus three. is the ABC game at 8 p.m. Uh, who do you have? I've got Ohio State um, just because I think – I, I don't think Nebraska's defense is very good, and um, or at least as good as Michigan State's was or is supposed to be. Right. Um, and I think that I think this week because the defense at least isn't as stout up front. Um, I think that Ohio State's quarterback. I think Braxton Miller has a better game, mm. um, at least passing the ball. So. Um, and I and I like Ohio State's front seven. I think they can stop that Nebraska running attack. Um, so I got Ohio State. It's yeah, give me the Buckeyes as well. Um, the toilet bowl. I, I I'm sorry. I mean the horseshoe is a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you have Nebraska coming in there. Uh, it's a tough task. Granted, they did you know storm a comeback against Wisconsin, uh, but Ohio State is starting to play. You know, close games. They know what it's like to, you know, pull out a win against you know good Big Ten teams, supposedly good Big Ten teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got a feeling about Ohio State in this one. They'll, yeah. they'll cover the three. Mm-hmm. Washington at Oregon. Oregon getting minus twenty four <laughs> at ten thirty p.m. Eastern time. Whew, tough one here. Uh, yeah. You know, Oregon against Arizona put the wall up on forty nine nothing. But that was all in the second half. It's true. Washington only has one loss against LSU, and they played them very closely. I think 24 is too much here. Uh, Give me the Huskies. 
Uh, I just think, you know, Oregon will win. They'll have, you know, enough offense and defense there. But 24 is asking for a lot against a team that is pretty talented in the Pac-12 there. Yeah, thinking, okay, when you're thinking about making your pick for this game, what you've got to think about is, obviously, that's huge spread. I mean, that's over three touchdowns. Washington shut down Stanford's running game, which was really good. I mm-hmm. mean, that's like they had a great running game. That's what Oregon does most of the time is they run. It's a little it's different style. It's a lot of zone read. Um, so you get more quarterback running. Um, but the thing here's the thing. Washington's defense is good. I think that it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, they just the, the problem is their offense is awful. I mean, they, they don't do anything well at all. I think they're in the hundreds or something out of like all the schools in both running and passing. Mm-hmm. But their defense is in like the top 50. So I think maybe top 30. So that game might, I, I think that Oregon's going to have trouble at first moving the ball. But I don't think Washington's going to be able to even score in this game unless it's a defensive score. Um,. Still, I think 24 is a little high, and this is going to be the first time I'm going to pick against Oregon. Um, I just, I don't, I don't think they need to blow them out to win mm-hmm. because I don't think Washington's going to be able to score. So I think it might be something similar to what we saw at Arizona, maybe not as many points, um, but I don't think they have to. So I, I got Washington. Hmm. Now you have the extra point this week, and so does everyone else who, you know, if the team has a buy, if they don't have a spread, or if they're already here in the pick six, you get to pick Miami at Notre Dame, minus 12 and a half. I think this would be a really good game, actually. Um, and a lot of people probably didn't think anything of Miami this year. They probably thought they'd be awful. Um, but they've looked pretty good. And um, that's good for the ACC. It really is, because with Virginia Tech struggling, um, really all you've got right now is Clemson and Florida State, and that game's already been played. So it'll help draw you know people to the games and people to watch the games, and it actually gives some it actually gives someone for Florida, to challenge Florida State. Um, and so I think wanting that game to be, wanting that game to be you know a really hyped up game. I'm going to go ahead and pick Miami just so we can knock Notre Dame out of the question right now. <laughs> the sooner that they start losing, the better. Because Are you saying Miami's going to get the upset here? Yes. Wow. I think they are because I, I don't... I don't think... I don't think Notre Dame has figured enough out on offense to be able to move the ball against what I think is like a pretty decent Miami defense. Um, obviously their offense is pretty good and this, this right here will be the first test. And I think if Miami can handle it, I think that they'll really challenge Florida state because Notre Dame's front seven is really good. That's the best part about their defense. That's the best part about Florida state's defense. And I think that if they can handle that, it'll be a lot more telling as to how that game goes against Florida state. Mm-hmm. That one's at seven thirty PM Eastern. You got to also think. You know, Notre Dame didn't do well enough on offense against against Michigan's defense mm-hmm. when Michigan gave them six turnovers. Yeah, exactly. So you got to think about that one there. I agree with that pick, I think. But I have Michigan at Purdue, plus three at Saturday at 4 p.m. Uh, and I got Michigan. I don't think you can turn the ball over that many times again. Now, you can't sleep on Purdue. Purdue's on our right team. Um, but I think Michigan can cover the three there. Um, give me the Wolverines. Go blue. Yeah, they just need to put everything out. It's, I mean, just act like the season started over. I mean, they're coming off the what, bye. They've had they've had time to prepare. Considering what's happening in the Big Ten right now, they have as good of a shot as anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so true. I mean, it win. really starts this week mm-hmm. for them. Now, rapid fire here for NFL. One sentence justifications. Let's do it. Uh, Philadelphia at Pittsburgh minus three and a half at one p.m. Uh, Troy Polamalu and Harrison are back. I've got Pittsburgh. Good call. I've got Pittsburgh as well. Uh, you know, like you said, defensive players are back in Philly. Philly, the Philadelphia. <laughs> they're, they're playing just I think too inconsistently right now. Um, 
they can possibly, you know, squeak out a win here. But I think Pittsburgh playing at home helps. Mm-hmm. Atlanta at Washington plus three at 1 p.m. Falcons, um, really good team playing right now. I know you know Washington will be at home. Big game for RG3 and all. But I think Atlanta is just too good right now. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice is playing with ice in his veins. Yeah, they're they're good. They're one of only three undefeated teams. And I think maybe this weekend they might be one of only two undefeated teams. But oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got Atlanta. All right, Seattle at Carolina, minus three at 4.05 p.m. Eastern Time. I've got... I've got Seattle just because of their defense. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I have Cam Newton playing well in this one uh, at home. That really helps, especially in the NFL. I think Seattle's quarterback, you know, there's some uncertainty there. You know, is it oh. Russell Wilson? Is it going to be Matt Flynn? Uh, has Matt Flynn, you know, had enough game experience since his previous uh, shellacking of the Lions late last year? So I've got Carolina in this one uh, to cover the three. Brady and Manning <laughs> as the Denver Broncos visit the New England Patriots. Minus six and a half at 425. i got the Patriots. Uh, I think what they did on offense last week is scary. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying Denver's defense is as bad as the Bills, but I think a touchdown is easy enough to cover for the Patriots in this one here at home. Yeah, and, you know, Belichick, those knows Manning. I mean, he really does and always seem to give him fits in the playoffs and stuff. So, you know, there is that history a little bit. Um, and, you know, different teams, but I don't know. New England's offense just finally is getting things put together. And um, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't I, I don't want, I wouldn't play them right now just because they look really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. San Diego at New Orleans, minus three and a half. It's the Sunday night uh, football game on NBC at 820. Hmm, that's an interesting one here. Yeah, um, I've, got, I've got New Orleans. Um, I think that they'll come out after last week and, and play well. Um, I don't know, San Diego... Them and the Chiefs, I'm just like, I don't even know about them right now. So, I'm going to pick New Orleans. Yeah, you can't really put a reading on San Diego right now. I think New Orleans comes back, you know, after a good week uh, last week that they, you know, put up a good fight against Green Bay. Plus, you can't deny, you know, history is going to be on Drew Brees' side here. Uh, He's tied with Johnny Unitas and the consecutive NFL Game's record, uh, you know, passing with a touchdown, just one touchdown pass in each game at least. Uh, they're at like 47 straight games, and that's an old, old record. A little bit of motivation. Uh, Sean no. Payton's going to be there, supposedly, to see because, you know, he's a big part of that. Uh, I think, you know, history at home, New Orleans, Drew Brees setting the record, covering that three and a half. Give me the Saints. Mm-hmm. Finally, Houston Texans at New York Jets, plus nine, which is a lot in the NFL. Yep. Monday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday Night Football. Justice lost Antonio Holmes. Who do they have on offense? The defense is having a really difficult time stopping the run. Texans roll. And, you know, this, this might be that game that all of the um, media explodes after the game, after maybe a decision is made during the game and somebody's pulled from the game and somebody else goes in the game. If you know a what I'm talking about. A certain kneeling figure. Yes. Um, because this week they've been very ch- chatty about um, Tim Tebow mm-hmm. and Mark Sanchez. So I don't know. Um, especially if Houston starts just really pouring on the points. Because I, I think they can even do that against the Jets defense, which is, you know, pretty good. I think Houston can score against anybody. Yeah. So, um, and they they can't score themselves, so Maybe. I got to take yeah. Houston. All right, so our only differences here, I have Virginia Tech. Joel has North Carolina in college football, and then we have different uh, 
extra points games that we're picking. And then the NFL, Joel has Seattle, I have Carolina. Mm-hmm. It'll be an interesting week, that's for sure. We're, I'm kind of hoping that uh, we, we jump on this uh, online Comcast deal here for our new house that this week might be the week that we uh, experiment with college uh, goal line and NFL this red zone. This would be a good week to do it. Um, I mean, especially for college football because there are a lot of good games on at similar times mm-hmm. that you don't want to miss. It should be interesting. Anyway, to wrap up this podcast here, I am Peter. And I'm Joel. And we hope you enjoy the week in sports. Take care.